Welcome to episode 161 of the No Clue Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. Ah, oh, we're back, man. Malice and Little Caesars <laughs> Arena. <laughs> oh, man, the Lakers are a fun mess to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, and the thing is, it wasn't even Malice. It was just a rampage by one guy and a bunch of other players looking at him like he was crazy. Um, the Lakers suck, man. Oh, no question. No question. (laughs) (laughs) I told you this, uh, this over Friday was the first time I'd watched them in a little while. Yeah. I I watched, I tried to watch Wednesday's game as well. And the Bucks and no Mm -hmm. LeBron. We refused to guard Giannis onto the Kumpo. So I was like, why am I watching this? Right. Uh, Because he had 47 on 18 of 23 shots. Yeah. He I mean he was getting like like the basic shit he does all the time when nobody's there. Yeah. He was doing it with Lakers players there, but they were so insignificant it didn't matter. <laughs> exactly. So we get to Friday, LeBron's back. I was shocked, but oh my god, Lakers are full strength practically. Yeah, I think uh, only Kendrick Nunn is out. Oh no, do you, is DeAndre Jordan hurt or is he just not playing? I couldn't tell you. I think he's just getting benched. <laughs> Which I understand. That makes sense. Uh, it's a smart it move. It doesn't to me. <clears throat> it doesn't to me. But moving on. Yeah, so they play Boston. Play Boston, who's another team who's like on the – they're kind of struggling, but they're they're heading in the right direction, I think. Yeah, and Jalen is out. Jalen Brown is hurt. Right. So, so boss and no Robert Williams. So there's no, no real Robert rim Williams. protection. Right. And within 12 minutes, my first reaction to the game was, "Oh my God, the Lakers have the ugliest offense in the league." <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the amount of times they just give up on a play and just let somebody throw up some bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Very often. It blows my mind. It's like a core function of their offense. It is. And a lot of times it's Taylor Horton Tucker, who was probably the last person on the team that should be throwing up shots. Why he starts, I'm still not understanding. I just don't get it. I mean, I I liked him as a starter because – he has shown that he's a capable shooter and he is ultra aggressive to the point where like he's always involved. He's always involved, but how many ball handlers do you need on the court at one time? They have (laughs) three point guards on the team, like starting. I know Taylor Horton Tucker isn't like an actual point guard, but they've been using him at point guard the last two years. Yes. The Lakers again, it's the reason I call their offense so ugly is because they're too lazy to, like, do anything meaningful. Right. They'll run one basic thing to just get a potentially get a mismatch. And then when they don't get it, they just don't. And And then they'll just feed them as if the mismatch is there anyway. Right. So I, I just don't understand. The more I watch them, honestly, the more I'm starting to think that Vogel has less and less impact on what the team is actually doing. I agree, especially this year. 
Yeah, because the honestly, decisions they're, they're making like, are just so confusing. They're playing like they're not coached. Yeah, they are. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's a miracle. I think I said this on one of our last episodes that it it's a miracle that they're winning games. <laughs> they're barely <laughs> winning games. But, but they're yeah. barely beating the bottom of the league. Right. The Spurs, that was a really close game. Timberwolves beat them. Chicago embarrassed them. Anthony Davis got ejected of that game. Um, obviously, Celtics and Bucks embarrassed them. Trailblazers embarrassed them. Barely Bucks were also the missing hella players, by the way. Yeah. Bucks have the Bucks played full strength all season? Outside of opening night, I don't think so. Right. Bro, I mean, just the Timberwolves beating them is enough for them to be a disaster. I mean, LeBron had to, like, go into vintage mode to beat Houston before he messed up his abdominal muscle. And Anthony Davis had to be defensive player of the year to beat the Pistons. The Pistons. the A, a contender for worst team in the league. I think they got the title. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the Rockets and Pelicans are losing a lot. So the Rockets at least are exciting. The Pistons yeah. just look like a bunch of terrible players that they're just, just hitting shots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. but honestly, man, with the Lakers, I, I don't think there's a solution. You think they just have to blow the team up? <laughs> I mean, there is a solution. The problem is they don't seem any kind of willing to actually consider it. Which is trade in Westbrook immediately? Trade, wave. I know it's a, you lose a lot of money waving it, buying his ass out. You know good and well they can't wave. <laughs> they can't Bro. wave him. They're going to have to if they're serious about winning the title. The other thing about their offense, and to your point, they do try to look for a mismatch, but they have two guys that can't exploit mismatches at all, which is, to me, Taylor Horton Tucker, it has to be like someone really garbage for it, uh, for me to call it a mismatch. Like, trying to think of like a level of guy. Like maybe Romeo Lankford on Boston. Good pick, yeah. No one else, I mean... He probably can get by Grant Williams, but no one else on the team would I say, oh, Taylor Horton Tucker got the mismatch. Avery Bradley has never been a one-on-one guy, still is not. If he can't just out, you know, quickness somebody is not a mismatch either. So you're left with just LeBron and Anthony Davis and Westbrook people are just backing up and letting them shoot. He's shooting 67% from the free throw line. Dude, it's funny because like the the plays will break down and they'll just feed Russ and get out the way. Yeah. And it looks great because there's all that space. Right. But any competent basketball player can tell that it's because the guy with the ball, nobody takes him seriously. Exactly. Like I haven't seen one and Russ has had good statistical games this year. Yes, yeah. Just but I haven't seen I haven't seen a single team like really can even take it seriously. Right. Teams are perfectly comfortable with him getting points, scoring, just having the ball is what teams want. Right. 
He's the dumbest player on the team, and that includes Horton Tucker, who's never been a point guard, who's already a better point guard than Russ. Right. And the other big problem with the Lakers, and I'm trying to remember who it was that I called this out on before, but Lakers, they always have a starter like that doesn't score, and, and that's – that's a problem. Avery Bradley can't be on the court for 26 minutes and have zero points against the Pistons. Like you're just not going to win. You're not going to win games that way. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they obviously they beat the Pistons because the Pistons suck, but they're not going to compete in the playoffs. Taylor Horton Tucker, 26 minutes, two points against Boston. Um, let's see the Bucks who had the low scoring game. Avery Bradley, five points. It's just they get no impact points. Yeah, it's it's from the way they play. They set up their role players to like be really garbage. (laughs) And that's never succeeded for LeBron. That's never been how LeBron has played. And I I don't know anybody other than AI who that's succeeded for. Right. One year, one isolated year way back when. But LeBron specifically is the, that is the opposite of how he plays. Miami, the key was the role players. Cleveland, the key was the Richard Jefferson, the Channing Fry, the um, you know Jr., the Shumperts, all those guys. Barber. Those guys were the keys. Yeah. I just I don't understand how. Yeah, he's another one. But the Lakers like don't want to play any other way. No, they don't. So what? Are, we can't even talk about like they can fix it like this or like that because they're too lazy to even work to fix anything. Vogel looks terrified to do something with Westbrook. He doesn't want to bring Westbrook bench off the him, bench. Yeah, do the right decision, bench him. Yeah, he doesn't know where to put him on in the offense. Like they, it always looks like Westbrook doesn't know what spot he's supposed to be in, and he probably doesn't. And there's a like, there's a collective drop of energy from purple and gold jerseys when Russ gets the ball. Yeah, it is. Again, a lot of the times it's it goes, ball is moving well. As soon as it touches Russ's hands, the rest of the team clearly gives up on moving the ball well. Yep. While Russ is like encouraged by that. Right. I mean, it's it's so messed up at this point that Russ is almost like trying. He, Russ seems to think the solution to his issues is to play with more confidence. Five yeah. turnovers a night, and the issue is you're not confident enough. Yeah, like, it doesn't even make the the logic is doesn't make any sense to me at this point. No, I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. So, Pistons game, uh, someone was at the free throw line. I think it was Westbrook. I'm not sure. LeBron is battling for a rebound. I'm sure everyone has seen the video. Anyone listening to us has seen the video. Yeah. LeBron battling for the rebound, catches Stewart, Isaiah Stewart in the eye, um, with his wrist, I believe it was. It wasn't quite that. It looked like the elbow in the first 
uh, angle, but then it, I think another angle showed it looked like his it wrist. It was like the side of his wrist. Yeah, yeah. Like the awkward bony part of the contact. wrist. Yeah. And <laughs> as Stewart loses it, man. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> There's no way to even truly describe without actually watching it. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It was a Pistons game, so nobody else was watching it. So try to figure out if you can find it on YouTube. It's on there. I watched it. LeBron got suspended one game. Isaiah Stewart oh, got two did. games. Yeah, Isaiah okay. got two games. They play again Sunday. The Lakers and Pistons <laughs> in Crypto.com. Dude, what the arena. fuck is this Lakers schedule? <laughs> How do they get a doubleheader against all the trash teams the first month of the season? Bro, they play <laughs> this week. They play the Knicks, the Pacers, the Kings, the Pistons again, then the Kings again, then the Clippers, and then the Celtics again. They just played the Celtics. So they play the That's Celtics, crazy. Kings, and Pistons twice within a week or two weeks. So that's that's the other concern is they're playing like garbage in the easiest part of their schedule. Right there. You think this is they're going to fix these problems against Golden State or Phoenix or uh, any of the Eastern team or Miami or even like Brooklyn. Or Washington, even. Definitely not. Washington's coming for their head for sure. Especially yeah. uh, Kuzma and Montrezl. Oh, yeah. um, I'm just glad he's sitting out for the Knicks game. <laughs> Suspended for the Knicks game. They don't have LeBron. I love it. But should LeBron have been suspended at all to you? Yeah. For the hit? Yeah, it's not like – it doesn't look intentional, uh-huh. but it looks reckless. I think he intentionally meant to hit Stewart. I just don't think he meant to hit him in the face. Because, like, when I saw one angle, I could see how LeBron's, like, mouth was fixed with, like, uh, uh, aggression. <laughs> like the, the, I trajectory, could... the trajectory of the hand is, like, is more accurate than it should be, if that makes sense. It is, yeah. So I'm like, uh, he definitely meant to hit him. Now, did he mean he hit him in the face? I don't think so. I definitely don't think so. And, like, the, the way LeBron went straight into apology mode. But I do – LeBron had to have said something else. Because you know how, like – you know how, like, the stereotype, like, when women are mad, you're not supposed to tell them to calm down? Yeah. It looks like that moment happened when <laughs> LeBron was trying to – explain himself to Stewart and like because at first Stewart didn't seem as hot as he got yeah later. but when he first started approaching LeBron it looked like LeBron's like come on man calm down like you don't want to do that maybe hit him with the you don't want to do that a lot of the you know Carmelo says that all the time a lot of the stars say that you don't want that you don't want that and Stewart probably said oh I don't want it watch and then went crazy <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard of a Stewart. Like I had heard the name, but I never like noticed him as a player before. He's had a good year. This he's only a second year guy, right? Uh, yeah, 
I believe so. I mean, you know, hard to notice Detroit's rookies. Right. And he's had a pretty good year this year. I I saw him have some highlight blocks here and there, but Stewart, (laughs) he should get suspended. Maybe Detroit will suspend him more games. The NBA issued the two-game suspension. Detroit, he knocked when Detroit assisted a coach down like twice, like really bad. He pushed one of the female trainers out of the way. Uh, you know, he, he was pretty aggressive towards the coaches. Yeah, man, it's just weird because he reacted like LeBron just like wound up and clocked him in the mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, but, if it if the rest of the team really believed that, more players would have gotten involved. No right. one would just let Stewart be on an island by himself if, if it was really like a fight. You know, that's why I think he caused so much damage because you look at it initially. Like, they're prepared to prevent them from getting into it. Yeah. But nobody was prepared for it to go into, like, a brawl situation. Right. <laughs> Which only Stewart was initiating, obviously. Everybody else was, like, confused, at, in this, <laughs> at, at least at the start of the issue. Right. Yeah. Corey Joseph situation. made some hilarious faces, man. If you go back and watch... The way Corey Joseph was looking at him, it's like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, bro, he's just tackling people out the way. I'm like, dude, like at this point, every at one point, everybody's calm except him. Yeah. I'm like, bro, like, okay, you're bleeding. Like, I I don't know. It, it was just weird. It was weird how he lost his cool completely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, moving on throughout the league. What's next? What do we have? We can talk about Phoenix winning 11 straight. Phoenix looks great, man. People are calling for CP to be MVP again. Jumping the gun, in my opinion. But I get it. They're eating. The whole team looks fantastic. Everybody. And it, it it looks like it's starts with him especially mm-hmm. organized like how they distribute the ball starts from how he plays i agree i agree um but i, I do agree that i like i don't think he's actually an mvp like a real mvp candidate yeah um just because the team is playing so well i mean bridges the the dallas game was like perfect mm-hmm. i mean cam johnson comes in and he looks like a mismatch for every other backup in the league. Yeah. You got guys campaign knows how to push the tempo. I mean, Kaminsky didn't play the game I watched, but he's been playing much better. Yep. And, and there's just, there's such a, there's such a natural way they get all the guys shots. It is. It is. Nobody gets put in the game and is just out there. Like you mentioned, the Lakers just got guys out there doing nothing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, any of those guys I named could have a bad game, but I never feel like Cam Johnson is not involved in the game. Right. Whereas Avery Bradley, I feel like, is not even out there a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I've watched full Laker a- games and didn't know, didn't even know they had Avery Bradley. Right. <laughs> One thing I've said on this podcast probably like a hundred episodes ago, 
I said that the NBA was moving towards versatility, winning championships. Phoenix has used versatility better than any team I think I've ever seen. Like they have four players on the court that can play three different positions, like at all times. It's just crazy. Um, With Crowder, Bridges, Cam Johnson, Booker, they experiment in different positions. Dario Sarge isn't even back. Shamit, they experiment one through three. And then with Kaminsky and Aiton being able to float a little bit from the basket, it's just it's just crazy. They 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 play positionless basketball, but not roleless basketball. Yes. And and that's he's found that balance. Monty Williams has found that balance that is a winning formula. I mean, we saw what they did last year, but this year it, it looks a little bit better, maybe because everyone else is a little bit worse. But um, I think everyone sometimes when you see the winning, it's easier to buy into it for the next year. That's so. true. I mean, just to to your point a little bit more. They're ex- they're experimenting, but they're doing it in all the right ways. Yeah, they are. Like like they experiment with Shamit at the one, but I've never seen them force Shamit to be a point guard. Right. Like again, comparing it to the Lakers, Horton Tucker, who obviously has never been a point guard in his life, they're trying to force him into one. Right. That's never the case in Phoenix. Campaign is a tempo guy. He's not a controlled offense for extended period of time guy and they never make him do that yep Aiton is not comfortable attacking mismatches they don't like they don't force him touches they just involve him in plays yeah same thing with Devin Booker every time he doesn't get shots they play through him if he is getting shots they don't force playing through him yep again it's just such a good balance and a lot of that, I think, is from Chris Paul's experience. Yeah, it got to be. It has yeah. to be. Because you know? the, the way he finds guys is still, I mean, top tier of all times. Obviously, we know we know how um, Chris gives it up. Uh, it just like passed the tempo and assists, right? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, the way he controls tempo – Cameron Payne is a momentum guy. When the team's playing well, campaign just plays even better. It's just they're great, man. He even has JaVale McGee kind of stretching yeah. from the under the basket. Has him He's playing a like a high low at, at times. Well, yeah. yeah. JaVale at the high post. And JaVale's been he's He's been an underrated passer, I think, his whole career. Not saying he's Chris Bosh or Kevin Love or anything like that or Powell. He'll move it, though. He'll move it, yeah. And he's a good there. vision. Yeah, He's good timing on his passes and good vision. He's not going to give you a bunch of turnovers from the center spot. Never has. So, yeah, yeah, man. They got you know, it. Some, uh, one last point I'll make before we go to somebody else, and I've been overwhelmingly positive about their wings. Mm-hmm. I've said that they kind of established a blueprint for the kinds of wings you should have. Yeah. And I really love that this year you, you see a progression with those guys, not being uh, just three and D players. 
Mm-hmm. Like you said, going back to versatility, you see that uh, Cam Johnson and Bridges are getting more opportunities to attack off the dribble. Yeah. And it never looks like unplanned. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I really like how they're developing. They're not a lock to win, like, or come out of the West, obviously. Yeah. But I do think they're a favorite. No, there's no question. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Okay. But since we're staying on favorites, we could stay in the West and talk about the overwhelming favorite at the moment. <laughs> the Warriors? Yeah. We got to at least give them a shout out. Because yeah. they've been the clear-cut best team in the league so far. The Warriors are fantastic. <laughs> They're just so flawless. This is crazy. Dude, dude everything <laughs> the Lakers do wrong, like the Warriors do right. With lesser players. With much lesser players. Yeah, man. I caught some of the Pistons game that Steph and Draymond sat out. Mm-hmm. And I watched probably the whole... Probably the second, from the second 30, quarter. Right? Yeah, but at this time, Poole was playing bad. Second, it was like from the second quarter. I missed the first quarter. And I saw four straight air balls. Two of them from – now, one was from Frank Jackson. One was from Corey Joseph. One was from Poole. And I think the other one might have been – might have been Toscano – no, it was Damian Lee. Damian Lee was the other air ball. I was like, wow, this game is disgusting. Where is everybody? Where is Steph? Where is great one? And like it showed them on the sidelines. I was like, oh, God. They're really about to lose this game to Detroit just because Steph and Draymond aren't playing. Then the second half comes and Poole and Wiggins just look like they just look super dynamic, man. They looked like Iverson and Iguodala that one year. They played together. Like they looked fantastic. Year. Yeah. I mean, they looked, it looked great. And I was just like, wow, they can do this without Steph and Draymond there. And they're, what, 15 and two without Clay there? Dude, they've passed every eye test you need to believe in a team moving into the playoffs. They've passed yeah. it. And, and they're pretty – to me, it's pretty much a lock. If Steph and Poole stay healthy, Poole has to win most improved. Steph has to win MVP at this point. Oh, 1,000. Right it's now, just... those awards, there's not even a point to work for them because you're not yeah, getting it. It's not. And Poole, I mean, I guess he won't have as many games at six-man. But if he – if Clay comes back and he's six-man, I mean, he has to be in the six-man of the year running – I would assume if he keeps playing like he's playing going forward. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I honestly don't really want them to take him out of the starting lineup. <laughs> Me either. I, Me I either. Understand. I, I do think they're going to bring Clay off the bench for a while. Not for long. But that's the thing. Like, <laughs> Wiggins, Wiggins is playing well, too, so you don't want to risk his – I don't know, man, but that, those are good problems for a coach to have. Yeah, it is because too it, many players playing well. Like most of the teams in the league, wish they had that problem. Yeah, and the guys coming back are all easy, you know, quick adjusting exactly. players. You bring exactly. Wiseman back. Wiseman just get rebounds, make passes. He's not going to 
disrupt the flow of the game. Clay never disrupts the flow of the game. Right. And I, I think the Warriors, their culture is so great. Their chemistry is so great. Yeah. Like, uh, Poole can cool off and kind of give up the award mm-hmm. and still be a key member of their the roster in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, he could. Still be yeah. the difference maker. Like, I, I don't think that's a big deal to any of those guys. I, like, Wiggins, I'm hesitant to cut his clock. Mm-hmm. But I think he could easily take less shots and still have a good impact. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. Uh, He's, Again, they, they're just so fucking good in every way. Wiggins has surprised me with his ball movement and his rebounding this year. I I was not aware he was capable. I mean, like, I've always known he just has – he's just athletic, so I know he gets rebounds, but he battles for rebounds now. Like, yeah. He battles for tap dunks now. Like he's, All their wings do. Toscano Anderson, Poole. Yeah. yeah. They're working. Yeah, man. And Poole's just – like I don't know, I could say so much about Poole. Like he's really crazy. Thing is, three years ago, you remember I picked Michigan to win the championship in college. Yeah, I picked it because of Poole, man. I always loved Poole. Then Poole graduated, of course. I, I mean, the Warriors got him. Like, oh man, they got the that kid from Michigan with the crazy hair. He's about to go crazy. He was trash. His first two years, complete trash. They couldn't figure out what to do with him. And I, I'm just – I am impressed that he's blossomed to what he has, seriously. Yeah. And I've always been a fan. I'm just shocked he's this good. Like he's and a I starter. Love, oh, yeah. And I love how quickly Steve Kerr has embraced how good he is. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt from how the Warriors play that it's not a fluke. Right. So right. I, I really love that. I think that's huge for his confidence. Again, I mean, they're just – I don't even know what to say about them because they're flawless. Yeah. And I mean, every yeah. concern, every spe- even the specific concerns we had to start the year, like yeah. I thought their defense would be suspect, they've dominated. Yep. The, since losing to the Clippers early on in the year, I think the second game. Yeah. They've, they've strapped. Yep. I haven't seen a team play better defense than them this year. I haven't either. Uh, And again, the ball movement is impeccable. I mean, Steph Curry is just nuclear hot. Yep. I mean, like full radiation, nuclear hot. It's just (laughs) ridiculous. Get away from him. And the crazy thing is, man, no disrespect to Lee Porter, Gary Payton, the second, all those guys. Those guys are wide open now. <laughs> Clay is going to be wide open, <laughs> and he's going to be cashing threes when he gets back. I mean, like, yeah. those guys are wide open, and they can't – they just can't shoot that well. Like, I love Damian Lee, too. I've always loved him as well. Not that great of a shooter. He hits Toscano some shots. Toscano Anderson is another guy like that. Yeah, Toscano Anderson, he hits some sometimes, but he's not a good shooter. Yeah. And then Gary Payton the second is a terrible shooter. Otto Porter – not sure what to even say. Biolisa doesn't get a lot of them off. Yeah, but. and and that's kind of that's what another uh, point that sets Pool aside from those guys is he's had big scoring games not shooting the ball well. Oh, he has, yeah. Because yeah. he finds a way to get involved. He's he hustles like crazy. He yep. capitalizes on the easy opportunities. And he's he's worked his pick and roll game. You know, being the 
um, ball handler on the pick and roll excellently. A lot of people yeah. think that it's, it's easy. You just go around the pick. It's easy to do that. No, it's skill. It takes a lot of practice to do it as well as he does it. Because, I mean, if it was easy, there wouldn't be so many specialists in the league at it. You know, I think Schroeder is a specialist. Um, Drew Holiday is a specialist at it. Rondo, obviously, we know how Rondo is. Westbrook Luka. used to be pretty good. Luca's a specialist. And, I mean, I think Poole's putting himself up there for sure. Uh, speaking of them, man, they played the Nets last week. Whew. They embarrassed the Nets. It was a complete embarrassment. It was disgusting, actually. Uh, is Steve Nash a good coach or no? Like, where are we with that? People let him be coach, and and they never, like, came back to whether he was good or not. They were just like, you know, a lot of people were upset at first because he has no experience. Yeah, and, and then their offense started looking unstoppable, so everybody's like, oh, shit, Nash is a genius. Yeah. They're missing one player right now. Just one. Draymond and Steph missed the Pistons game, and they, they won the game. The Nets still have two Hall of Famers starting on their team. They have Patty Mills, who's what, a three-time, two-time NBA champion? Yeah. They have Blake Griffin, who's a ten-time All-Star. Yeah. LaMarcus Aldridge, ten-time All-Star, something like that. I mean, come on, man. They have three-point champion. It's not like the team is trash. You, you know what I noticed um, in this in that game specifically, just from that third quarter and the highlights I saw. Yeah. Um. You know, I want to make sure I word this correctly. <laughs> okay. Like, Ke- uh, Steph Curry, um, sometimes plays like Kevin Durant, but he knows when not to. Okay, you gotta you gotta Kevin, explain that one. Kevin Durant can't play like Steph Curry. He he obviously he could ISO and do to any what any star scorer does. Yeah, but he can't take a step back and and let the team feed him. No, he can't. No. And it's unfortunate because Brooklyn's offense is explosive enough to do that. It is. But it Kevin is. Durant, like, again, this is the difference between him and Steph is Steph understands the flow of the game so much better. He does. Yeah. And he understands how he could take over in the most efficient way so much better. Yeah. And that to me, that was surprising to watch because KD has been a top tier player for much longer. Mm hmm. So I would expect, like, the experience level in that way to be similar or KD have the edge, and it was the opposite. He hasn't been a winner longer. That's the problem. Good point. And Steph, to me, Steph looked like the vet of, like, what it takes to be a star player. Yeah. I'll give – I'll add to that point a little bit. Durant – when Durant is taking over – you know, quote unquote, taking over. It doesn't look like they're trying to win the game. 
That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest difference to me. When Steph is taking over, it looks like Steph is giving everything he can to win that night. He's not just trying to score. Steph, he gets the he hands the ball off. He goes around, picks, he comes back and gets it back. Durant just gets the ball and everybody just stands and watches. And it's almost like the Durant show. I've never watched the Warriors and say this is a Steph Curry show. I say Steph is eating, but I don't I never think that. It's it never feels against last the other year team. it felt like Steph's show, which is why they were so trash. Yeah. And uh, it, it kind of had to be. Right. But now that they're like, again, they've trusted more role players, yeah. their rotations much better figured out. Looney's yeah. a guy, by the way, who's filled in as a big very well, which I yep. thought he would. Yeah. Um, But again, there's just like a more cohesive play style. Steph never plays one on five. Never, never. Durant plays never. one on and that's five. That's why all the they're time. fifteen and two. Durant plays one on five when they're up. I mean, even when he's yeah. not trying to put them on his back, he still plays one on five. Durant, like he'll just attempt to start playing individually, and I, I don't know why he does it so often. Mm-hmm. That that's why I thought his, I thought he would learn from his experience with the Warriors. And what I hate the most about him right now is the more I watch Brooklyn KD, the more I'm like, this is really OKC KD with a little more scoring talent. Yeah. That's is. all he is. Yep. And, it, I mean, he's the guy who's going to determine how good the Nets could be. And right now, the ceiling doesn't look very good. And his stats look great. Mm-hmm. If they were winning more, he would be an MVP candidate. He's still an MVP candidate just because of scoring. But yeah, but again, everybody watched that Warriors game and thought these teams are in different classes. Yeah. Not on the it, same level. And the thing is, man, I when I texted you and said, are you watching this? This is crazy. Second quarter, Durant was just running up and down court doing nothing. He wasn't asking for the ball. He was playing mediocre defense. He just looks like some tall dude that should be inside the paint. And he just wasn't getting the ball. He wasn't spotting up. He wasn't demanding the ball when the play broke down. He was just running sprints, and the Warriors were just eating on the other end every time. And again, again, Steph Curry never just runs sprints. Never. Steph Curry's never out there running for no reason. Grant wasn't setting picks. He wasn't calling for picks. He wasn't doing anything. I mean, Steph sets back picks for guys. I know. Steph throws alley-oops. Durant, I mean, Steph spends 20 seconds of a possession trying to get open and not touch the ball. This, this is why, and I don't want to, I don't want to just make this about Durant, but I will say this because we're on the topic. This is why for me it's hard to put Durant up there as like greatest scorer ever. Because just because you could play one on one doesn't make you the greatest scorer ever. Like, I think Durant, I've said before, I think he hits open shots as good as anyone I've ever seen. If Durant's open, you could basically count it every time. But when when it talks about scoring and putting a team on your back, it talks about being able to change the momentum of the game with your scoring ability. I never see that out of Durant ever. Never. That's why. That's why Steph. Like, that's why I, I noticed the comparison between the two of them so vividly this game. 
mm-hmm. because I've kind of short. I've I've I haven't given Steph enough credit a lot of the time for yeah. the kind of best player he is. Mm-hmm. But like he's the blueprint for what a best player should be. He is. Uh, he absolutely I, honestly, is. Honestly, he's he establishes, and this is why I, I I might not be giving Chris Paul enough credit is because I'm looking at Golden State. And mm-hmm. Steph, who's to me not like a true point guard, right? But he's the most involving point guard in the league. Yeah, he is. I mean, he infects the team with how much he moves. He infects the team with uh, how the kinds of shots he makes. He infects the team with how much fun he has on the court. Right. Durant has never had that impact on any teammate. He hasn't. I've never seen the bench get hyped and the guys on the court play harder when Durant gets a bucket. Me either. Almost every bucket Steph gets, the Warriors are doing that. Yeah. Again, that's, this again, is that's why it's a class difference, and that's why a lot of people saw that. Yeah, it, it's to me, there's no comparison. And this is why. <laughs> We think on paper, oh, Durant can do what Seth does, and he's 6'10", but he doesn't. He just plain old doesn't do it. No. And we I, see him I think head Steph to head, deserves... and he has a chance. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, man. I, I just think Steph deserves more credit because I'm starting to think that, no, he can't do it. Right. He might have the tools to do it, but and, and that's incredible enough in itself, but. Again, it takes more than just the skill to do the things that Steph does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because otherwise, Trey Young would be the best point guard in the league, without a doubt. <laughs> right. Speaking of them, <laughs> man, what a losing streak they had. They're, they got out of it. I, I they got out of it quick. But uh, this is another moment where I call back Something I mentioned last year. They lost one, two, Hunter three. Hunter got hurt again, I think. They lost six straight games. And they lost eight out of nine. So they lost eight out of nine games before going on now a four-game winning streak, which is good. But they moved another scorer into the starting lineup. And now I don't hate DeAndre Hunter. I don't dislike him at all, but there was something about their play style with him out there to me that he wasn't the kind of threat they needed to me at at the starting. At least not with everyone else starting. Like maybe if it was maybe if you had a, a more consistent player than Bogdanovich, maybe if you had maybe if Collins spread the floor more often like he's capable of, maybe Don, DeAndre Hunter would be effective. But how they were playing at that moment, where Bogdanovich jacks bad shots, Trey wasn't moving the ball well, Hunter never got the chance to like fully incorporate into the offense to me. And I only caught two of the losses, and I'm saying that. But this, this winning streak, I mean – Bucks, you know what's, Celtics, what's interesting? Uh-huh. All all Eastern potential uh, matchups, by the way. Yeah, that's what that's what I was mentioning. Yeah, they're all um, playoff teams. 
Right. I mean, not so, the Magic, but it's three. just weird with Atlanta. With Atlanta, one thing I learned from them last year is they're as explosive offensively as anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. But they also can like play down to the competition offensively a lot of the time. Absolutely. Basically, they're inconsistent. Yeah. The problem for them, and they're going to have to figure this out, especially for the playoffs, is the blueprint is starting to get written about how to attack them. Mm-hmm. It's the more I watch them, and it's more attack Trey Young, attack Trey Young, attack Trey Young. Like, and it's working really well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing a lot of teams just use that philosophy and put up a lot of points on them. Right. So, like they they they're gonna have to get more creative defensively. I think. Yeah. Which I, I don't really know how they would do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind is kind of messing with the like the man matchup zone, like Miami does yeah. or Toronto does. But again, right. like that doesn't really take away from the problem you have is that Trey Young can't get stops. Right. So that that's where I think is gonna like that's what's gonna make or break their year when they get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But as far as them going on winning streaks and losing streaks, they've always been in consider- They did this last year. They did. And Hunter was they out did last, this last year. year right. But- they started off terrible and then they, they had a like a 27 and 10 record to close the year out. But, but let me add to your point about Trey Young thing. It also works on offense because I could see in the offense where teams were icing the screen, icing the pick and roll. And doubling Trey kind of at the top of the key. And then Trey throws it to someone who can't score. And then it plays over. Easy, yeah. easy possession for the defense. Because he would throw it to Hunter or he'd throw it to Bogdanovich, who's going to jack as soon as he catches the ball. He'd throw it to Hunter, who's a decent shooter. He's not really a scorer. He can score points, but he's not a one-on-one player at all. Can't He's not a create-your-own-shot kind of guy. Then that takes Capella out of the mix. It takes John Collins out of the mix because Trey isn't throwing them out of the oops. He's not feeding them. It it disrupted their entire offense. Then they can't score that easy. So now it seems like I think they moved Herder to starting at the three, maybe. I think they go Bogdanovich and Herder. Um, it, it looks like now – you can't leave Herder wide open at the three. Like he can shoot well enough that if you leave him, he's going to take that three. And if you back off of him too much, he's going to going to go try to dunk on somebody. He does that. Yeah. He's a high IQ player. He is. And then you bring Reddish in and we, we know Reddish's thing is scoring whether for better or for worse for them. It just seems like they have moves more fluid Without Hunter there, and I'm not saying this is because Hunter's not good. I'm saying they've adapted, and it's worked. That's all. It looks like they've yeah. adapted, and it's starting to work. Because they're still missing other guys. They're still missing the backup center. I think um, Gallinari's been in and out of health. I'm not sure if they even use Lou Williams, but I know DeLon Wright's been in and out of health as well. So, Yeah, 
so I don't know, man. To see where they go. I do. I, I like. I really like thinking about putting Puerto in the starting lineup. You you put a guy in the starting lineup who has, like I said, high IQ player and he's disciplined. Yeah, that's what I think they're missing a lot of the time. They're because they're very high, very low. But a I lot agree. of the time, it's just like they don't execute things. They kind of rely on the the potential firepower they could have. Mm-hmm. But that's that's why they look average offensively, even though they really never should. And Hunter, as a six man, gives you more freedom because he can you can kind of pick and choose who he comes in for. Like Herder has to come in at the at the wing. Hunter can come in for John Collins. He can come in for either wing. I mean, I've seen them him come in for Capella and move John Collins down. Like I've seen them do more with him at six man than you know him as a starter, I think. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Uh Chicago is now number one in the East. Well We've deserved. Talked about Chicago. They look DC took a couple fantastic. of losses back to back. Oh yeah, have they? Yeah, I think they were in, they were in one seed for a second. They're only a half game behind. Everyone has five losses. So the Nets, the Bulls, and the Wizards. Who do you want to talk about next? I don't have much to say about Chicago. I was just saying they're number one. I'll, I'll throw out a hot take just from watching Chicago a little bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't I, – I understand that it's a hot take. I understand that if you disagree with me, you have every right to. But to me, Zach Levine is the best shooting guard in basketball. Zach Levine is the best shooting yes. guard in basketball? Yes. <laughs> Explain, please. Uh, he is as explosive as Steph Curry from the perimeter. <laughs> Obviously not the sustained explosiveness that Steph has shown. But okay. individual game, he's just as explosive. Okay. Uh, obviously, he's dynamic at the rack. He's a much better defender, a much better passer, and he's patient. He's a guy who's now embraced what Beal does, what Middleton does, what Devin he surpassed Beal. Do you? Most of the time, yes. Okay. And it's again, it's more of how explosive he could be. Obviously, Beal could outplay him on any given night. I'm not saying he's like LeBron mm-hmm. in his prime or, or anything crazy. But right now, I think Levine's ceiling of impact is yeah. just like it's significantly higher than any other shooting guard in the league to me. What position does Luca play? He's a point guard. Donovan? <laughs> You're not going to like what I'm about to say, but I think Zach Levine's better than Donovan Mitchell. No, I don't. I really don't hate on that take, actually. I, I, I think that the team has finally embraced what – I shouldn't say the team. Because it's really the front office. Billy Donovan is a great coach. We already know this. DeRozan is a great teammate. We already know this. 
Lonzo Ball is a good point guard. We already know this now, at least. I think the team has been built perfectly for Levine to be his ultimate self. I, I think that Levine can actually peak on this team. I don't think he's ever had a team where he could peak before. I think he'd always be, he'd always have to either do too much and he'd never be able to live up to how he would have to play for the team to be successful until this season. Because now all he has to do is score. And that's what he does best. He can move the ball um, if he needs to. He doesn't have to. Like a lot of people, you know, fans don't understand how different it is when you don't have to do things that you're not good at. You know, the freedom of being able to do it if you want makes a lot of guys a lot better. Yeah, it takes the pressure off. Yeah, and I think Levine finally has no pressure just to go get buckets. And I, I'm not mad at you. I mean, they have the best record in the league. I mean, well, second – well, the best record in the East. He's just – again, the league, this, so far this season, it's been shocking how explosive he's been with how limited his touches have been. Yeah. Because to me, limited is maybe the wrong word, but they, DeRozan is the clear go to guy. There's no question about that. Okay. And Levine has still been debatably their best player. But he, again, DeRozan is obvious because he has the ball most of the time. Levine's touches are like significantly less than anything DeRozan gets. Right. And the production impact is about the same to me. Yeah. I mean, they, I think they're the first players since the 50s to both average 25 or to both have 25 point games 11 times in the season, in the first 12 games or whatever. Something like that. I don't remember the exact stat, but it was something crazy about both of them having 25 point games. And the, the thing is, man, we've seen DeRozan be in a duo before, we've never seen Levine in a duo. And DeRozan, he him and Lowry, to... you talking about? That's just the Toronto. Yeah, they were a duo, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. Went, They had the best record in the East multiple times. Yeah. Eastern Conference right. Finals, what, like four years in a row? Something like that. Pretty sure LeBron took him out in the semis one time, but yeah. Yeah, I think he did the semis one time. You're right. But I mean. If it weren't for LeBron, they would have been in the finals. Oh, sometimes. yeah, yeah. So I, I, think, I think that DeRozan, because we know he can do a lot of things, San Antonio had him at the point, had him at the power forward. They had him at every single position on the court at times. And now, like I said, Levine is tasked with doing what he does best. And that, I, think, I think that explains a lot of his – he has less touches. He doesn't dribble as much as he used to, which is nice. And it makes him look so elite. It does. Last year, he would, he dribbled so much. He played point guard. and Not last year, the year before, really. He was playing point guard a lot of the times, and that's just not what he is. Like I said, this year, he's doing exactly what he does best, and it looks fantastic. So I'm not mad at that take. Yeah, I think this he- year, he probably is. You know, he's he's starting to remind me of just, like, where a lot of his shots come from and, and how he's getting open. A lot of Paul George in his game. Mm-hmm. 
I agree with that. Uh, very like underrated, smooth on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Levine has a pretty jumper. I mean, you know, again, he's he's not the most consistent shooter, but for some reason, he could just get, get like ten one night. He can. And it like they'll all be tough shots. I mean, just these last like four or five games, he he'll chill for three quarters and then just start draining like max contest threes. Yeah, the other thing Levine has never had a drive and kick presence on his team. And DeRozan is a drive and kick savant. I mean, he's great at that. Yeah. Ball is a great drive and kick. Caruso is a great drive and kick player. I mean, yeah. He has that finally, whereas, like, he's never been able to spot up before. You know, we've I never just, been, he's never been able to shoot as many threes because he hasn't yeah, been able to spot up. I, I I think this team is constructed perfectly for him, man. I think he also this, clearly didn't scary. like the previous coach. Yeah, that's true. No one did. Right. So yeah. just getting, I, I mean, Billy Donovan, towards the end of the season, we'll really see how awesome Billy Donovan has been. But, yeah, I, I mean, him and Steve Kerr are like, like scrapping for that coach of the year award. Yeah. Whereas Steph zoomed away with the MVP, this yeah. to me is a much closer matchup. Yeah, yeah. But because Steph has zoomed away with the MVP, it cuts a little bit back for Kerr because it's like, because obviously the Bulls don't have an MVP candidate. Well, yeah, but I, I will say the Bulls, Vucevic is not going to be enough if they want to defend at a championship level. Yo. I've never seen someone get exposed like Embiid exposes Vucevic every time they play. Like, I've never seen someone pick on one particular player like Embiid for some reason picks on Vucevic every single time they play. Dude. It's really crazy. I don't know. He picks on Drummond quite a bit, too, before he got there. Yeah, that's that's, that's true. But Drummond would still get a lot of rebounds. He still do what he does. Yeah. yeah. Vucevic. Oh, he, like, dominates Vucevic. Yeah, I'm like, dang, can Vucevic get, like, one bucket? He doesn't let him do anything. Vucevic has been the guy who's, like, had to sacrifice the most. Yeah. Which, offensively, I'm not mad at. Mm -hmm. But, again, defensively, like, Chicago's winning a lot, but defensively they look nowhere near what the Wizards have shown, what the Warriors have shown, uh, any of the, you know, even Phoenix, but. And I, and I think that they're going to have to improve that because I don't know if they're ready to play with bad shooting. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they're ready to play with their guards not shooting the ball well. Right. I think they're going to have to make a move at the power forward before the season's over. Yes. Derrick Jones to. is not enough. No, he's not. He's not even a power forward. And, and he's, the- he's an invisible guy. Like, he'll play. You can play him 26 minutes. And not even notice that he's there. Yeah. Outside yeah. of his one highlight lob or roll or, dunk. Or one help side block, maybe. Right. Uh, Javante Green is not a power forward. And kudos no to Ray Donovan yeah. for making it work. I mean, I, he's done he it with Jeremy well. Grant. You know, he's done he's done that before where he makes guys who really aren't that position look good. And Billy but, Donovan um, did kind of 
he deserves a lot of credit for Grant's emergence. Now that I think about it, yeah, big time, big time. He was that was why he was such a big deal going to the Nuggets because he was fantastic on the Thunder. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, even if it's like a, you know, the Nets snuck in getting Millsap. Even if it's like a Millsap kind of guy, they need that'd someone, be a very good pickup. Yeah. Someone there. I mean, Love is. Their no, season's no. over. By I the take way. it back. Not that. Not the, Love. Cleveland's season's over. Yeah. He, I think I, love would help them, man. No, love getting they the rebounds need help defensively. The court, they're I, they're not. Pass. They're gonna rebound. Lonzo's a rebounder. Caruso's a rebounder. Levine and DeRozan are willing to rebound. If love like, is there, they're gonna be up court, and love's gonna hit him with a full court. <laughs> <laughs> but they got enough highlights. That's not what they're missing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing, man. I know. Uh, I mean, yeah, they'll. I the said Millsap first quarter game will just be wild. But yeah, Millsap is a perfect. Millsap would be perfect. I, I don't know any other power forwards that are available. I'm sure some will be, because there will be some trades this year, and then you know people drop people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're gonna have to do something with um, Patrick Williams out for the season. It's just huge blow. Huge, huge blow for them. As far as like championship contending, and yeah. when you look at this team as a front office, you say, "Look, we got everything we need. We we need to make sure, like, we're in win now. So let's do whatever trade we need to do to complete the roster." They yeah, can't go I'm, in the playoffs I'm, like this. I'm very curious how they match up with a fully healthy Milwaukee. Like what with, the actual matchup for matchup will be without Patrick Williams? Yeah. Oh, it's a disaster. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's a disaster. Who's guarding that's the Giannis? Thing. Their guards, their guards, like elevate every aspect of the team. Nobody's guarding Giannis. I know that, but they don't play very good defense now, and because their guards are so explosive. Yeah. They they can make it up. That's the thing. I don't know they can make it up over a playoff Milwaukee. Right. I, I'm Giannis actually not mad Jones. at Derrick Jones guarding Giannis. It's not gonna be good, but I'm not mad at it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'll I'll take that like L just because I have to. Yeah. And like I'll, exactly. I'll I can find a way to overcome that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Do we have any other NBA teams to touch on? You mentioned injuries with uh, – by the way, last point on Cleveland, because we probably won't talk about them the rest of the year much. Uh, yeah. Mobley did look exciting. Mobley so looks great. I, I think their future is bright. I think so too, man. They're like one more solid pick away from being like a really good young team. They still this, need a good win. Yeah. I don't know who coaches them, but I I, I would like their coach. Staff. Yeah, that's I don't know. I mean, he's like a he's like a journeyman coach. <laughs> yeah, he's the cleanup coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. somebody gets I, like a I would like charge. when they when they settle on who their coach will be for for the foreseeable future. Yeah, like I I feel like there there's a coach out there who could put the formula together for this team. Mm-hmm. 
I just I, I want to see it because I don't know what it looks like. This may sound silly coming from me, but I think Brad Stevens would be able to coach them well. I agree. <laughs> that, Rick Carlisle like would have him doing wonders if he was chilling for a year. Yeah. Carlisle and Brad Stevens would be perfect there, both of them. Yeah. Maybe Luke. <laughs> oh, no shot. No shot. I'm not. T- <laughs> We're moving on from that. <laughs> Do you even want to talk about Sacramento? Because I really. I might, won't really have much positives to say. I don't have anything to say about them. Positive no. or negative, really. We'll, we'll talk about them probably in like a month when we'll know whether they're a disaster or uh, exceeding expectations. They have the worst team with the most talent I've ever seen. Uh, that's all I can really say. Worst chemistry in the league, pieces. top to bottom, I would say. Worst chemistry? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've seen – they go from Harrison Barnes looking like their best player to Harrison Barnes getting seven shots. Yeah. Like game to game. They go from um, Fox getting 40 to him getting six shots. 15 on 18 shots. Yeah. It's just nothing is consistent. There's no identity. They they could look like the worst team in the league at times on both ends. Mm-hmm. Like they have moments when they're like the worst defensive team, moments when the worst offensive team. It, it's bad in Sacramento right now. Yeah. They, they um I remember when I was younger, I had a coach that it was kind of one of his first times coaching and uh, we were really bad. It's like eighth, like sixth grade maybe. And I think I was the only player on the team who like ever played organized basketball before. So he brought every other player into like, um, I guess into the gym alone and told them exactly what he wanted from them every game. Right. With this kid named Austin. Shout out to Austin. He best guitar hero player I've ever seen. But he was absolutely garbage at basketball. Gar he was garbage at all sports. But basketball, he was particularly garbage. And he just said, Austin, I just need 10 rebounds from you every game. And obviously he wasn't getting 10. We were playing in middle school basketball, right? But Austin's like, Well, you know, I, I'm not good at shooting. He's like, I don't want you to shoot. I don't want you to dribble. Just, I want you to get me rebounds every single game. I'll even get you pizza if you want. And when I tell you, Austin was the best rebounder I ever seen. After that, man, <laughs> he was <laughs> he was Tristan Thompson. After that, Seriously. I love it. <laughs> but at that young age, all he had to do was tell us exactly what he wanted us to do. I don't see that on Sacramento at all. In in at Luke Walton's time there, I didn't see it once. De'Aaron Fox, I need 10 assists from you every game. Harrison Barnes, I need two post-ups, three threes every game. Buddy, I need three threes. I need you to get five threes off every single game. I mean, the league is, is going to threes. I'm not, I'm not trying to coach them because I don't know if all that is a good idea. But I see, never see them looking to play – Anything is just like, yo, go out there, play pickup for the whole game. Yes. And, and the problem in the NBA with, with that formula a lot of the time is 
you'll stumble into a really high IQ player. Yeah. Like Halliburton, who yeah. will who who like disguise your disgusting offense like good basketball. Yeah. And that's a credit to how good he is as a point guard. But again, he's disguising how disgusting you are. He's not fixing it. And the worst part is these are good players. Like De'Aaron yes. Fox is not a bad point guard. He's not a bad player. Uh, Buddy Heald is not a bad shooting These guys guard. have the potential to be top five, top ten at their position. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rashawn Holmes was Great abusing center. Gobert the other night. Great Abusing center. him. Did you see the highlights of that game? Yes. He was blocking his shot. He was dunking on him left and right. Every time Gobert turned around, Rashad Holmes was hanging from the rim. Holmes just... Holmes is very underrated, man. He leads them in scoring a lot. He's obviously the most energetic player on the roster, and that's with Tristan yeah. Thompson there. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a beast, man. I like him a lot. Yeah. Just it's just simple. All they need is some roles, really. Yes, some direction. Real quick shout out to Josh Giddy. He looks great, man. He doesn't get a lot of press because the Thunder hot garbage, but he look he's a good looking rookie. He really is. He is, man. He 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 has a good feel for like like they find a way with their kind of lack of spacing. Yeah. To still get him opportunities with a lot of room to work. Yeah. Which is if you're shouting out an OKC guy, I'd give you another one. I mean Lou Dort. Yeah. Still Lou Dort just keeps getting better. Yeah. He's just yeah. Like, like he just works so hard. He does. He's one of those guys, he's like Caruso. Like you just can't hate him because he's just out there working hard. Yeah. Yeah. So. For real. I agree. They have a good nucleus, man. I think their core is you know, obviously they're probably going to make a big move at some point, but I like the direction of how they play. I like how mm-hmm. competitive they are. I like how they're they believe that they're a playoff team. I really like that. Yeah, you know, Dort kind of reminds me of like a Dallas Crowder. Remember when Crowder was on Dallas? Yeah, he's starting to emerge as a defensive specialist, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and had to close sudden, out on him. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how Dort looks to me. It, but with like obviously less um, <laughs> passive aggression. <laughs> yeah, and and I haven't seen him lately. But SGA was, I mean, cooking the Lakers those oh, those yeah. two back to back comebacks. Yeah. Giddy, uh, I like how Giddy is. You know, he's big, he's strong, but he has like such a smoothness, you know, to his game. Yeah, it's got that overseas like tempo. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm done I forgot with the NBA, to mention man. I forgot oh. to mention injuries. Last point. Um uh-huh. if Michael Porter Jr. is really out for the year, like he might be with a potential nerve issue. It's a wrap. Yeah, nuggets are done. Even with Murray coming back. Yeah, they're kind of the West is kind of laying it up for the Lakers to make it back into the playoffs. Unfortunately. Into the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, just into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen Memphis play lately, but I, I really thought Memphis's record would be better. Yeah, man, I haven't seen them since the Morant went crazy on the Lakers. Yeah, 
that was a while ago, but yeah, I don't know. Yo, I did not know Houston only won one game when I said, when I said yeah, Detroit was the worst they team. They lost in the 12 in a row. I apologize, Detroit. I really thought Houston won more than one game. I'll tell you right now if the Pelicans and Houston had a seven game series, yeah. Houston would win that shit in a like a vicious, hard fought seven games. I agree. Because the Pelicans are, to me, to me, there's no question they're the worst team in the league right now. I agree with that. I agree. Uh, see, I don't think I have anything else as far as the league goes. Paul George looks great. Yeah, man. Shout out to them. We'll we'll talk about them. Uh, maybe not next episode, but over the within the next couple for sure. Yeah, I want to talk about them and the Jazz next episode. Yeah, man. Ty Lu, uh, Ty Lu's doing good things. I'll I'll say that. Finally embracing, embracing Paul. George's. I mean, he he showed it last year. Like he showed the willingness to to do it. He had to though. He really had no other choice. Yeah, he right. obviously you hold really a gun right. to somebody's head. Yeah. He's gonna be willing to do anything. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I still think there's more to it than just Paul George. No, it definitely is. It's yeah. definitely more to it because look at who they're starting now, man. Dude, the Who way has... they incorporate the roster though is very well, like yeah, very well done. They played the the Mavericks and they started Zubach, uh, Amir, Coffee, um, yeah, and then the, obviously Bledsoe, Jackson, and George. They didn't have Batum. I guess he has COVID. And, you know, they still don't have Morris. Winslow got a lot of minutes. Hartenstein's still out there. Yeah, man, they, they pulled out a good win. I mean, not They're that the pulling out wins routinely greater. with, I'm going to be honest, with bums out there. Yeah. A lot of those names, you you they might not be playing like bums. Again, mm-hmm. credit to Ty Lue and Paul George for that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you got – a number of straight bums in your key rotation. He's not even starting Ibaka either. Yeah, Ibaka's out. Batum is out. I mean, Hartenstein, I don't care what Hartenstein does. He sucks. <laughs> he, I agree. He, he's got to do what Zubach did, where it's like he's got to show me multiple years of really hard work and growth Yeah, for me to respect him as a player. And, I mean – Coffee, who is that? I don't even know who that is. Lysa can do the as dreads came off the bench sometimes. Dude, Jack up fair shots. I don't know, but uh garbage time. The other guy you saw, Justice Winslow, is a hot garbage. And he's getting good minutes. Good, like key minutes. Yeah. Yeah, key minutes. Yeah. I noticed that and I was gonna laugh at them, but then I was I looked at their record. I'm like, holy shit, they're winning a lot. Uh, real quick, and like like you said, we're not going to stay on this, but I love, and I, I preach this every single, like, month on this podcast. Your best player has to do more than just score. Yes. And Paul George is out here getting double-digit rebound games. He's averaging, like, six or seven assists a game. Like, he's out here doing everything he can to win the games. Obviously, I mean, he's always a leader in steals, always a top five, top ten in steals. And he's still putting up 
what is he averaging? 26 points a game. It's just, you know, he's averaging two steals, eight rebounds, five assists. I mean, that's just that's fantastic. All I ask, you know, all I ask from the Clippers and him specifically. Trade Kawhi. No, no, no. You're going, you're going into the. Trade Kawhi. You're going into the championship moves, okay? We're talking about the Clippers. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Save me for thinking they want to win a championship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Come on, you gotta, you gotta keep your feet on the ground when you reach <laughs> for the start. No, yeah. seriously though, like I need them to have a playoff run where Paul George is consistently the best player on the floor. And is is that an expectation from the team or from Paul George? Both. Okay. Because okay. a lot of times it's a mix of both for why that's not happening. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like to me, yeah. you you should have more impact than Donovan Mitchell every night. I agree. Every time you play them. Yeah. Uh you Luca, you should have more impact because of how much more um how much more team oriented your play style is. Mm-hmm. And that goes for any individual Western Conference player to me. Like Paul George is very easily capable of having just as much, if not more, impact as that player. Yeah. Including LeBron. Yeah. And we've said on here, you know, uh, tens, twenties of times that Paul George is easily overall the, you know, least, I guess, most flawless player at times. At times. Yeah, man. But... And sometimes I look at Paul George and I'm like, damn, that's not the best player in the league. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, and then he, you know, he'll hit the side of the backboard in game seven. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> no, my bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this year he's at that point where, you know, you could squint your eyes and say he's the, you know, he's, oh, I he's can't like believe Reggie Jackson is continuing his playoff run through yeah. the next season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Reggie Jackson is definitely Batgirl on the team right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> it just it it fucking works. And like everything I know about basketball tells me it won't it wouldn't work. It shouldn't work. You what it does. What, what specifically? Reggie Jackson just being Batgirl? him being like the second guy, <laughs> second <Yeah>. best player. <laughs> when it, it was it was Batgirl and Nightwing, right? When Batman and <laughs> Batman went missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what is Nightwing and Batgirl right now. They're getting it done. Facts, facts. No, 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 no. Kawhi is fucking. <laughs> Kawhi is the supporting star at this point. <laughs> he, he won't be when he gets back. <laughs> Paul George. Paul George is kind of the Batman of Titans because he's sensitive. <laughs> He's soft about shit for no reason, but at the end of the day, we know yeah. what he's capable of. Yeah. Just yeah. like Batman. Yep. Trade Kawhi. Free Kawhi. Honestly, man, if they traded Kawhi, they'd go right to the championship. Because I know what they would get in return. It would be a King's I Ransom. I know. <laughs> they'd be fire. <laughs> they'd be so fire, man. Imagine trading Kawhi and getting like, 
like Towns and probably not Towns and D'Angelo. Trying to think, what's who's a big guy that needs to be traded? Oh, Sacramento. I'll take Holmes and Holmes and Buddy. Holmes and Buddy, right there. Holmes, Buddy, and Bagley, because sure, Bagley would probably have to get traded. Throw him in because he hates it there, and yeah, again, Hartenstein sucks. If yeah. Bagley can't take Hartenstein's minutes, then maybe Bagley sucks. <laughs> yeah. I trade, I mean, they probably trade Bledsoe and Kawhi and get, you know, Fox in that trade too. Sacramento will probably do it as dumb as they are. I don't know, man. These, this last week, seeing their highlights, I might have spoken too soon on Bledsoe. As far as? Him fitting on the team. <laughs> Wait, in a good way or bad way? I I thought it would be a bad way, but I was wrong, I think. Oh, okay. I think, actually, there is a, a bright side to his fit there. I need to see... I need to see another full game from them. I don't yeah, think Bledsoe yeah. played in the full game I saw. He yeah, did. It's been a while since I've seen a full game. But, again, like, I mean, they play Bledsoe and Reggie Jackson together. Yeah. yeah. Ty Lue's been a mad scientist. I love that. Bledsoe's more of a threat than Patrick Beverly. I saw Patrick Beverly oh, no question. have, like, three tap dunks off his terrible shots the other night. Like... It was still, I only saw it because it was a highlight because somebody else tap dunked it. But they're all like easy floaters when floaters just hit backboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, real quick football. Um, I watched uh, the Vikings beat the Packers. Not much to say about it. The Packers just kind of blew the game at the end. And Big game we have to talk about. <clears throat> Cowboys and Chiefs. Rod- we haven't talked football in a while. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers for being such a smart guy. Quote, unquote, <laughs> smart guy. Yeah, man. He consults the right people, the right Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to that Joe. Yeah, he, gets his, he gets his expert advice from experts. <laughs> yeah. Quote unquote. When you take advice from Joe Rogan, remember he used to have eat people eating cockroaches and and tarantulas. <laughs> he used to have people. That's right. Shout out with, to Fear Factor. Swimming with live snakes, like right. this is the same dude who was cool with that. Uh, you know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to deep dive that situation. Fear Factor was so fire when he was on there. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, for like 10 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nah, Kansas City, oh, Dallas. Kansas Huge City, game. Dallas. Yes, yes, yes. Huge game. Huge game. Dallas has looked fantastic this year. Their defense has amazed me on multiple occasions. Their offense has been clicking right up until they play the Chiefs. And the Chiefs completely embarrassed them. And to be frank, Dallas didn't help themselves at all. No, they did not. And and I'll I'll give them somewhat of a pass because the Chiefs 
are a they're coming out of a slump. But again, the Chiefs were the best and most dynamic team in the league for the last two and a half years. Yeah. With the exception of the last month of previous season where Tampa Bay went crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Chiefs have been unstoppable. Yeah. So, yeah. and they've been, again, they've been recovering the last three, four weeks and kind of getting back in form. Yeah. So it's not that I'm surprised that the Chiefs played so well. Like you said, it's the Cowboys didn't do themselves any favors. And the drops were so terrible. The drops, you know, what? it's really bad when drops happen early on in the game. Both fingers, both hands on the ball. I mean, yeah, very early in the game. Yes, it, it just set up created a like a – yeah, man, it, it made them kind of press more. I mean, Dak's picks were kind of forced throws both times. Yeah. Um, and, I, and he doesn't get a pass. I mean, he sucked. He can't he suck like that. He was inaccurate, which is obviously a really bad thing. But, mm-hmm. again, I don't want to overreact to it just because Kansas City is so good. Right. They are very, very good. I mean, I I told you this. My one thing with Dallas is in in football, you can't hide your weaknesses. Right. In basketball, there's a lot of ways you could cover it, hide it. In football, any time you get past the one round in the playoffs, your weaknesses come out. Right. That's true. And to me, Mike McCarthy is the worst coach he would be the worst coach of any NFC team they played in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. To me, by far, maybe, you know, maybe to some people, he's not a trash can coach, but this is like the fifth time this year they're in a clock management situation and they look stupid. They're making some really ridiculous plays, man. I mean, the, the Again, it's all clock. Were... I mean, clock management is like that's coaching one on one. Yeah, yeah. So it shocks me that they've been trash at it all year, and it showed its ugly head yesterday. Yeah, and good football coaches adapt; they learn on the on the fly. When have we seen you know, Mike McCarthy adapt to anything? Never. Even in fucking Green Bay. They don't a lot of good football coaches don't make mistakes twice. He's the king of that. I mean, it's just nothing positive really you could say about him and this franchise after this win. I mean, after this loss. This loss, this beating. Really. Yeah. I I, I had a lot of confidence in them, you know, going towards the playoffs, but if I see what you do this to the really good teams and the chiefs didn't play like all that fantastic either, to be honest. No, they didn't. They weren't like unbeatable. They were just very, uh, they came out with a good plan and they like, they executed again. They, it looked like two opposites. Kansas city looked very well coached. A lot of their points came off of like good coaching, good design plays Yep. And the Cowboys didn't really have any of that. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I told you this. Once CeeDee Lamb got hurt, 
the exciting play calling like flew out the window. Yeah. This was another game I didn't notice Zeke out there at all. Yeah. I know he was dealing with something nagging, but Zeke's mediocrities, I mean, we're used to that. I'm used to that at this point. I'm used to it too now. But CeeDee Lamb was the guy who looked dynamic all the time. Yep. And And without him second year player, right? Is this second year? Second year, yeah. Yeah. Without him, I saw nothing dynamic. And I've never really Amari Cooper was also out, but mm-hmm. he never is really that dynamic to me. He's had moments, but not he's just like a fundamentally like he's a good, really good receiver. Right. So, but again, I you can't just rely, you can't your offense can't be dynamic based off one guy. Because right. you look at Carolina, either the guy breaks down or the offense is just not that good. Right. Seattle, Russell Wilson either breaks down or the offense is just not that good. Yep. So it's kind of the same thing, I think. I agree. Shout out to the Chiefs. I'm glad they look good. They're getting back on track. Uh, shout out to Cam Newton, man. Got his first yeah, full some game happy back. Form. Yeah, I'm, I, I really wanted him to pull out the win, but it's okay. I mean, he's getting back in his strides. It's really his first game back, and months um yeah i mean three tds and first full game back i'll take that yeah yeah and you know you got to get his drive back he's home finally not a bad loss for carolina though because they're they are fighting for a playoff spot yeah yeah who did they lose to again the washington washington right? yeah yeah that's, I think so, that's yeah. a bad loss yeah it is it is cam will get it right i i, I trust he'll get it right because he still did look great Anything else? Um, I want to shout out uh, Mac Jones. Okay. Just, I think, I think the most accurate QB in the league this year, just this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously the defense is getting hella credit, but he's been just a sniper. Yes, he he's made uh, that Patriots uh, offense look like classic again. I know. So Tom esque. Yep. Uh, but and I will once the Browns season is officially over, I will talk about Baker Mayfield. That's all I'll say. I'm not gonna say nothing about him now. <laughs> That's fair. Playoffs or not. I my thoughts on Baker Mayfield unless something drastic happens won't change. And it probably won't. Do um the Rams played on Thursday last week, right? Yeah, they got fucking destroyed. By, oh, they had uh, to buy this week. That's right. Curious to see what else second game. Oh, then. dude, I forgot to shout out uh, Jonathan Taylor, too. Oh, yeah. The, he just cooked the Bills. Yep. And he did this to the Ravens early in the season, and I, I think I might have mentioned him when we talked about them. Yeah, uh, but it was like brief because I didn't think he was, you know, I didn't think he was that good. But yeah, I mean, he just beat Buffalo single handedly, practically. No, he did. I mean, seriously, he had like 180 <laughs> yards. Yeah, five touchdowns. I mean, that's that's Derrick Henry type shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he even made Carson Wentz look kind of good. 
Yeah, that's a hard task. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, no, Carson West has been playing better, and the Colts maybe are a playoff team. They they they're moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But uh, Buffalo, big wake up call. Big time. Like yeah. they've had they've had a number of bad losses that everybody's kind of just like oh, it's just like a bad week. You know, when when forty percent of your weeks are bad. You, you might just not be that good. Yeah. And so. They never really pointed to them, like the actual players. They just, like you said, they just. Yeah, went, oh, it's just we're definitely, week. if Buffalo disappoints, we're definitely going to have to talk about Josh Allen. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I I want to shout out. Um, let me get his name. Tyler Huntley. Getting oh, a win. for the for the Ravens. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. F- shout out to in. him. The feeling, you know, being that feeling is tough. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, obviously Jalen Hurts, man. Forty on the Saints. Easy, easy dub. Damn, I I didn't even notice that. Holy shit. Yeah, he didn't have any touchdowns. It was all it was all running touchdowns and I think one interception. But that's um, all right. Yeah, he. I mean, he looked good. He had some great moves. So shout out to them because Eagles beating them by, you know, beating them forty to twenty nine is just tough in itself. And then yeah, of the course, Eagles, cover, uh, they made up a little ground, right, in the division. I think. Yeah, they yeah, did. Dallas lost. So. Yeah, and of course, man, unsung hero this year. Not really, because the team still sucks. Well, let me look at their record before I shout them out. He may not be worth the shout out. Unsung hero of a team that sucks. <laughs> yeah, man. Tyrod Taylor. Shout out to <laughs> keeping Houston alive with the with the dub against the Titans, who are rolling. Yeah, yeah six straight all playoff teams. That the, of course the Titans would go lose to the Jets. Six straight wins against playoff teams. Lose yeah. to the Texans. That's what I'm talking about. Get it done, Tyrod. Forget that. <laughs> My man Ryan Tannehill's out there flinging it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyrod didn't even look at the uh, betting odds. He said, I'm going to get this yeah, done. Facts. Forget all that. Facts. Yeah, I like that. Shout out to him. So, I'm, I'm hoping – I would like the Deshaun Watson thing to – to yeah, figure itself out. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't like that. Well, I don't know. Because I don't like, I guess I don't read the news enough about it. But are they like waiting for him to get traded to pursue with tell the Weird. civil case or whatever? That's what's kind of strange to me. Like, what are they, what's, what are they waiting for? Yeah, as it's far just as like in goes? limbo right now. Doesn't seem, ain't, nothing seems to be happening. But that shouldn't be in limbo. I get the trade should be in limbo, but the if it's just, if he's gonna if they're pressing charges or yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't like case, that yeah. his his court situation is in limbo, oh, or at yeah. least at least to our knowledge. So right, all right. So all right, good pod. We will be back. Um, probably music next time. But also, is there any upcoming games that we need to watch out for in the league? 
tomorrow. NBA games, I'm not too sure. Lakers next tomorrow. And then Clippers Mavs. We get a Clippers game on TV tomorrow. Uh, oh, they're playing the Mavs though. Yeah. Dude, I'm starting to the Mavericks are not a good test for any of the teams you're really looking at deep dive. No, they're not. Especially Celtics. without Luca. Oh my god. Oh yeah. That's Celtics, Celtics is a good one. Yeah, Wednesday. And then uh, I guess uh Warriors 76ers the second game there. Thursday is nothing. Oh, Blazers Warriors. Wow, that's not on TNT. How come TNT isn't doing the Thursdays this year? Last year I thought they did Thursdays. Yeah, too. they changed it. I, I'm not sure. It's kind of weird, but because I don't know I, how that game. I like not NBA televised. TV, so I'm not mad at it. Yeah, NBA TV is cool. Their NBA commentary TV's is always cool. like super chill. Like it's never overwhelming. It's good background yeah. commentary. They got Candace Parker on there now too, right? Yeah, I think so. Good pickup for them. I guess Turner, you know, is bridging the gap with them as well. All right. Getting out of here. Thanks for listening. Uh, Tune in next time. Subscribe, follow. Yeah, we'll be back. We will be back. Until the next time, see you guys later.